Welcome to the Cindy and Joe Show. I'm Joe. Now, we were talking about before the show, we were talking about the playoff matchups and how these two teams, that uh, the Rebels would match up with these teams. And the reality of the situation is they really wouldn't match up with these two teams. Yeah, they're kind of like this, you know, second place, you know, prize winner at a beauty contest. They're just, you know, they're good enough to get up on stage. They might be able to stand next to the beauty queen, but they're not in a position to be the beauty but queen. But the funny thing about it is there's people that think that this team can, win, can go to the playoffs. I don't think so. And I said that to, you know, last week or two weeks ago or whatever on the show. I said, I this team is not going to be ready for next season. Possibly the season after that is when you're going to see them in the playoffs. Because even though you've got a lot of really great talent coming up, you've got obviously Cider and Raymond who are here and now have a year in under their belts in the NHL. You know, you've got Soderman, you've got Evanson, you've got a couple of other, uh, you know, Swedes, right? It should be like the Swedish invasion. And, um, you know, you've got some real talent coming up, you know, in the next season or two. But even if, even if these guys made it on the roster, which you might get Edvinson up, yeah. okay? Or Hannes up. Or Hannes or something like that. But how, even if how, you do that. How often is it you going to catch a lightning in the bottle? Right. Because like, well, this year you had Cider and Raymond come up and they were studs. Like, absolute freaking studs. But Raymond struggled at certain parts of the year. But, like, Cider was really, really good. But how often do you get a rookie to come up on, on the team and be absolutely dynamite? Well, yeah, exactly. There, it's more likely than not that we're going to see these guys in Grand Rapids for a year, marinating, developing, and whatever. That's the way Stevie likes to do it. Um, he's very methodical like that. That's where you're going to see these guys. But even on the off chance, okay, that you do catch lightning in a bottle twice and you get two more rookies up into the roster next season, it's going to take time for these guys to learn the NHL. It's going to take time for them to gel with these teammates. It's going to take time to get the line combinations right. Plus, you got a new coach coming in. You take all of those factors, and I'm saying you've got an adjustment season coming up. You do not have a we're ready to run into the playoffs team coming up. You've got a period of an adjustment that's going to take place. And I think your best-case scenario is they do it in one season. It might take two, but I'm being optimistic when I say they're going to be able to get that adjustment phase through in the next season and then be ready to make a run for the playoffs. And I'm not saying the cup. I'm saying a run for the playoffs the season following that. Yeah, I mean, you look at you look at the Eastern Conference and you go, okay, can they overtake Florida? Probably not. Can they overtake Tampa Bay? No. Can they take Boston's spot? Potentially if Patrice Bergeron, Bergeron retires. That, that opens a big void up in the Boston Bruins. Or, you know, maybe Washington uh, falls back. But then you, then you think about it, like, you got teams like Ottawa, Buffalo, I mean, Buffalo. Everyone scoffs at Buffalo, but Buffalo is going to have the number one. They're going to they're going to have a top pick again this year. Mm-hmm. They're going to have, you know, or it's you know, top five pick or whatever, uh, and and they're going to have own power on their team, and they're going to get better too. I mean, Buffalo's Buffalo. They, they kind of suck, but you know, it's just the reality. Like these teams around you are getting better. Well, they sucked less than we did this season. Yeah, Let's put well, it that we, way. Well, we were better than Buffalo. But, but they but they came ahead of, they came ahead of us uh, you know because we had some periods of implosion that had to be recovered from but you know I think probably our best shot to even make it up into 
in, into the top. And I don't think we'd make it into the top three, Joe. I think we'd have our best shot at the wild card. But even then, you know, we got to get, you know, maybe we have a chance if we can't get past the, you know what I'm talking about. We all know who that choking sound is. That's got to be the Maple Leafs. So, and of course, well, the, I don't, the Maple think, Leafs I don't think they're going nowhere. I mean, they're, they're, the Maple Leafs are one of the, they, you know what? People talk about the Lions in this town. They talk about the Lions in this town and they go, SOL, SOL. You know who matches SOL to a T? The Maple Leafs. <laughs> There is Always no, a bridesmaid, there, never a bride, there Joe. Is, there is no team I've ever <laughs> seen in my entire life where they just they just choke it away. Like I, they find ways to lose. That I go, holy shit, you really <laughs> found a way to lose. But like, that's the way that they're built. They're really not built for playoff hockey. Playoff hockey is different. It's a different animal. You know, like people talk about the Rubbings potentially making playoffs next year. I mean, the, the reality of that is, like, okay, look at these teams that are playing in the second round. Carolina, um, Edmonton, you know, Edmonton in the Western Conference. Calgary. Calgary. You got the Tampa St. Bay, Louis, Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay, St. Louis, Florida. Colorado, yeah. all those teams. They're so fun to watch. And last year, the Rebels were like, okay. You know, and then they got they got Verona back. If they had healthy Verona, maybe they could have pushed through the playoffs. But they – once they got in the playoffs, that defense would absolutely just kill them. And, like, we were talking before the show, and we were talking about how that report came out about the second-line center and, and then second-line forward, and we're like, what does that mean? Well, you know, that's what it means because they need forward help. They need defenseman help. They're not going to get all that defenseman help next year. They, there's just too many holes. You got to hope that Jake Wallman can become a guy. You got to hope that Gustav Lindstrom can, can – coming to his own or uh, uh phil piranha can come into his own maybe they could because you you look at your defense there is one guy you could build that defense around like you can go right. there's cider and there's everybody else <laughs> and then like you think like hopefully edmondson comes up and then the, you know there's talk about albert johansson the, the 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 defenseman from sweden he's another guy who's who's on the rebels radar and uh we're gonna have a great a great f and um outline of this on Detroit Rebels News powered by Ice Queen. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a great outline of this. But you look at it like even if those two became decent, right? Right. You still need three more defensemen who could step up and play top six minutes. Because you're always playing these defensemen. Like there's the, the bottom pair is always playing. So you're not going to be like stashing them on the bench and be like, okay, we can't play these guys because they suck. You got. They're gonna be like. You're gonna be like. Oh my God! Like me. So you got to hope that Phil Baranek and Jake Wallman and Lindstrom, uh, they 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 take a step up, or maybe you get a Sabrango from Grand Rapids and he comes up and plays, or something like that because that's what the Rebels need. They need defensive help. The real, but the sad part about it is that you look at the free agent class for for defensemen. Yeah. And there is no one there. Now they can get a veteran defenseman, but what veteran defenseman is going to be like? Yeah, I want to come to the Rebels. You know, they're they're on the come up, but they're not there yet. You know what I'm saying? Well, and you know, the fact that everyone says Stevie's going to be active in free agency, I agree. I think he's going to be more active than we've seen him. But is he going to look for a defenseman? We talked about this before. No, I don't think he is. I think he's probably going to. I think he's probably going to try to find his second line center. I think he's going to go forwards. Yeah, he's going to go for forwards. 
I, I think you know, you look at these second line, these you know, these guys that could be down the second line, you know. Obviously he wants to build this team of Marone Barkin. Right. I think Elliot Freeman said something on, on the Wing Wheel podcast that was actually pretty pretty insightful. They had a great guest, Elliot Freeman, you know, the guy from Sportsnet. Yeah. And he said that um, one player that he thinks could be on the block this year, potentially, is mm-hmm. Perduzzi, Bertuzzi. You know, people keep saying and that. He, I... he's, he comes up in rumors all the time. But they're not trading Larkin because Larkin is a damn good center. Bertuzzi has, I think he has a year or two left on his deal. It's, it's going to be interesting what they do with that because I think, I don't think that, I don't think Stevie Y is going to get rid of him for nothing, but he's going to get something from it. And if, let's say, Tyler Bertuzzi comes in a deal and it's with the Toronto Maple Leafs and you get, um, you get Morgan Riley, right? Their defenseman. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, that could be a, you could kill Toronto with that because they don't got no defensemen. But like it just it's 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 got to be something's got to change because they, they, they that second line was god awful last year. I mean, Pew Suter was Pew Pew, <laughs> right? And uh, like they just weren't they just weren't that good of a, a second line. You look across the league and and you got second lines that feature Evander Kane and 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 and, and uh, Stamkos and. And, you know, there's just, you look across, you could look across the playoff realm and you go, our second line will get their ass kicked. Well, shoot, I think you can make the argument our for our top line would get their butts kicked. I think the top line, I think our top line. You would, put up against our top line up against some of these playoff second or third lines on these playoff teams? I think that's a little too stretch because I think. I, I think, don't think so. I think the first line would, would, would fight. I think they would be, they'd be playing really good, but. See, and, and people don't know about what the thing about people think about hockey. They don't understand that, like, to be deep, you need two good lines, and then you need a third line that does something, you know, different. Like, that's one of the reasons the Maple Leafs lost. You look at their first line, you go, okay, great line, right? Second line, John Tavares leads the second line, and he's got uh, Bunt, he's got Bunting, or he's got Knight um, Nylander on his wing or whatever. Then you look at their third line and fourth line, and you're like, what? And then you look at the defensemen. They got a great first pair. Second pair is not that good. Third pair is not that good. That's what you talk about when you talk about depth in hockey. My concern is that our top line, as it sits right now, might have talent, but they've got virtually no playoff experience. So even if you get into the playoffs, you're coming up against well, guys. Larkin, Larkin has playoff experience. I said limited right. playoff experience, right? right? Well, they're so, going to have to learn by trial and error because, like, it, it, it's going to well, take, it's gonna, it's gonna take some time for them to get into the playoff mode because, I mean, look at Tampa Bay. Stamkos was part of the team, but it took them years of losing and and. and, and not getting close, and they then they got close against Chicago, and they lost in the Stanley Cup Finals, and then they come back the year after, and they lose. And I think they lost in the second round to Washington, or, or I think they lost on the third round the Eastern Conference Finals to Washington, and then they come back and they win the Stanley Cup in the COVID year, and then they won it again last year. I mean, that's the reality. Like you, these people that think that you're gonna bring these kids on and they're gonna come and play and, and play these. 
bamboozled minutes you're you're, you're you're lying to yourself well i mean you just look at the look at the division we're in again we talked about this you know forever we wanted to be out of the western conference okay now we're in the eastern conference but now we're in the atlantic division and let's just take a look at you know the differentials alone look at some of these stats right so if we're looking at differentials it is we've remarked about this before you look at the bottom four versus the top four in the atlantic division the differential is so extreme from the fourth, from the, the the bottom of the top four, right, which is Boston, to the top of the bottom four, which is Buffalo, and you're looking at a 93 per point differential between their differentials. You, then you take Detroit, their differential, they're at a negative 82, right, minus 82, or negative, negative minus. They were they were one of the they were one of the worst goal differential teams in the league. Well, it's and, minus 82, right, and then you look at Florida. Plus ninety four, yeah. A, a minus eighty two, negative eighty two, all the way to a plus ninety four. Are you kidding me? That's nearly two hundred point differential. I mean, that's enormous. And even for them to make it into the top four to to secure a wild card spot, just to get to a wild card spot, a hundred about one hundred and seventeen point differential, one hundred and seventeen <laughs> points. How? Where do you see them making that up? And when we talk about matching these lines up, where do you see the top line of the De- of the Detroit Red Wings or the second line, as you pointed out, having any strength up against the top six in any of these other four teams: Boston, Tampa Bay, Toronto, or Florida? Well, this is where this is where it's, it look, this is where the, the 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 anatomy of the team comes in play, right? So Stevie Y, what he's going to look at is he's going to look at. How do I make this team better, right? So he's gonna be like, I need to shore up that second line. I need to make them good. So what can make them good? Well, if you get it, let's say, let's say by God's green earth, he gets Johnny Goodrow, puts him on the first line, right? Well, they talk about us possibly getting it to Chuck. I mean, that there I, might be a trade in the works for to Chuck. I mean, if there was a trade that was in the works for to Chuck, that'd be pretty stout too, because you'd have, I don't know who you would trade, but. But uh, let's say let's say you get John Goodrick because it's free agent. Let's mm-hmm. say, and then you get Malkin as a second line center. I mean, let's let's put it forward. You're gonna push Bertuzzi down the second line with Verona, Malkin, and 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 uh, Bertuzzi. First line is gonna be Goudreau, Larkin, Raymond, and that's there's a matchup that comes into play with this because. Goudreau, as as much as I I, I don't know why Calgary would let him go, but they have they can't pay every one of these guys. But you why look, did New York let go Barry Trotz? <laughs> that well, makes no sense to me. I mean, you Lou, just don't know why these teams do what they're Lou, doing. They're going go in a different direction. Lou Lamarillo is a, he's a little bit of a nutcase, but like you, you look at it and you go, if you could take you get the Goudreau, you get Malkin, you push Pew Suter down to the third line, push Fabry down to the third line. Suddenly, you have a good third line now, and then the fourth line you could bring in people like, like that are tough guys. You know what I'm saying? Right, like like a, like a Darren McCarty, like a Patrick Maroon, Darren McCarty, yeah. someone like that. Yeah, someone that can get that little the, the energy going because when you have two, three good lines that can score, you're in. But the problem is you need to keep the puck out of your own. But if you have a forward group that can possess the puck, keep possession of the puck. That's big, but you, what you need really is puck possession, the defensive end, that they can get the puck up to the forwards and make that transition. That's the problem with the Revens, the transitional game. 
uh, and everyone, you know, I, they blame Bet Lashel, and they rightfully so because the transitional game really didn't improve. Mm-hmm. I mean, Cider was a big part of it because that's his, he's talented. But if you look at like a guy like Haranik, he didn't get better. Lynch didn't get better. Wallman, he looked pretty good at the end of the year. You know, Sunquist, that's another guy you could add to the forward list. He would go down to the fourth line. Right. That'd be a pretty good idea. Cause he's pretty good if you got Sunquist on your fourth line. Right, because he's a right. big body and he could come up and play minutes. Ab- absolutely. And look who else you know. You still have, you know, Michael Rasmussen, Rasmussen starting to play the body a little bit more. You've got a couple other uh, big Stevens. bodies coming up. Yeah, it, sure. It, so yeah. you could put together a real monster fourth line, but you've got to be able to fill those holes in the top six that were, you know, where you've got those vulnerabilities at. What I would like to see the Red Wings do is possibly mold themselves after, kind of like after Calgary. Um, I'm having a heck of a great time watching. I mean, heck, that that game last night with Edmonton and Calgary, first off, let me tell you, if I'm the coach of either of those teams, I'm pissed. Yeah. I am pissed regardless of whether you win that game or not because there is it is embarrassing to be a playoff team in the second round that is allowing that many goals to score. You basically that's, had no defense. Nobody the, had defense. That's, that's the battle of Alberta. You never know what to expect. I mean, you know, here's the thing about that 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 whole matchup. It's interesting because you look at a team and you go, okay, what team kind of resembles the Red Wings a little bit, right? It'd be the Edmonton Oilers. Now they don't got McDavid or Drysdale, but they're they're. Their top line is so effing good that they kind of make up for it with how good they are. And give credit to Ken Holland because he made the signing of Evander Kane. Right. He made the signing of Zach Hyman, and those have been pretty good signings. But you, you look at it and you go, that, that top line is so good that it carries that team. You could be better than that if you just get a good second line. You could have two good lines you push people down the third line suddenly you got three good lines that you could you can count on especially when they're playing the, when the third line is playing less minutes because they got pushed down because they, better people can i think we need to have an intimidating presence like calgary does i mean calgary steps on the ice those guys are huge first off they're monsters size wise secondly they've just got they set the tone immediately they set the tone immediately, and I think we need to be able to do that, to be able to let our top-line guys who right now, you know, if you talk about, the, like, the Larkins of the, uh, you know, the Bertuzzi's, the Verana's, uh, you know, even the Raymond's of the world, so you want but build, a little more skill. You, you want, need some tough guys to come there and set tone. You want to build a team like Calgary. I do. I want to build a team like Tampa Bay. And I'm I, not I, opposed I'll, to I'll, I'll say why I, I, I want to build like Tampa Bay, because they are smart. They're very, very smart and calculated what what they do and how they do it. And in Game 6 and Game 7 against Toronto, they played their ass off. They played their ass off. They were, they were blocking shots, doing what it takes to win in the playoffs. It was, it was defensive hockey theater because they were doing it against a good offense. They were not allowing Toronto to, to get good pucks on net. And when the good pucks did come on net, they had Vasilevsky in the back. And if you're watching the WHL and you're looking at Sebastian Kosa, that kid is playing phenomenal in that playoff round. And so is freaking Cross Hannes. That kid's playing. He had just had a hat trick the other day. So you look at those two kids and you go, okay, well, you can bring them up maybe in a, a year or two. You know, like maybe Kosa comes up in a, two years and maybe Hannes comes up in the next year. Like, 
I want to build a team like Tampa Bay. Here's here's where where I'll agree with you in terms of perspective. Okay. I want to see him be a little more gritty, but that's okay. But here's where I'm going to agree with you on. But the, you Detroit know, needs to bring on some people with playoff experience. We talked about it last week. This current roster has very limited. Dylan Larkin has some very limited playoff experience. Um, you know, Sunquist has some. Um, you know, and so forth. But Jake Wallman has some. When you see teams like Tampa Bay, what you see is a well-oiled machine, and these guys have a ton of playoff experience, obviously two times Stanley Cup champions and so forth. You see a lot of, um, as you said, defensive hockey, a lot of smart play. And I think that comes from the experience of being in the playoffs. I think Detroit needs to infuse that element into their roster because it's missing right now. And no matter how good our rookies get, you're, they're not going to get that experience unless they have someone to lead them and develop them there. So I think when it comes to a head coach, I think when it comes to putting in, you know, bringing in some additions to the roster, I think what Steve needs to do is he needs to bring on some some veteran presence, but not just veterans in the league, playoff experienced guys. I think what I think when Eisenhower will bring that on is a trade deadline, because if you remember when Tampa Bay started to ascend, who did they trade for? Ryan McDonough. They traded for Ryan McDonough from New York, and they got him. And he's been a he's been a, he's he's an older guy, but he has a lot of uh, he has a lot of uh, he's got a lot of uh, he's got a lot of experience in the playoffs, especially with New York, you know. And when he came there, and, and he and he was I think it was him and Yandel were on the same team. They both had experience, and they both brought things to the game. And then Hedman started to learn. Sergachev started learning because I think Sergachev was playing with McDonough, mm-hmm. and that was where those were younger guys, you know. And now those younger guys are taking over the team. They're like, yeah, we're that's. So I think Stevie Y is eventually going to do that. I think he is going to build a team like Tampa Bay because if you look at these forwards that he's gonna, he he got coming up the pike like uh, like Hannes. I love Hannes. He's great, great. Yeah, you, but you you great you, offensive you, player. He's absolutely killing it with the, you've port, been sending, with, with the Winter Hawks. You've been sending digital or, or verbal love notes over to Cross Hannes through the between the whistles. He, lo- he, he loves it. He loves it. Beginning Cross of the year. Hannes, it might be on the team next year. I think in, you know, and he, he loves your you little know, kissy notes you, you're you, sending do you know, through the show. Do you know who I think Cross, <laughs> you know who I think Cross Hannes could be? Who do you think? Braden Point. Oh, uh, I could deal with that. I think he could be Braden Point because if you look at the way Braden Point is he Point, as cute as Braden Point? Uh, I, I, don't, I don't get into that. He's a Texas, you know, Cross Hannes is a Texas boy. Man. Well, all right. So that's yeehaw, that, giddy yeah, up. His ex, his ex is definitely from <laughs> Texas. But listen, I do like I do like the way that oh, Stevie Y is building this roster. I think he's yeah. building it for. And you look at the way he's building it. You know, Soderblom, that kid in the, in the Swedish league. Tell me, it's the Swedish invasion. They had the British I invasion. I don't, I don't know what invasion. this kid is, but like I was talking to someone, and they said if this kid just gets a little bit of hands, you know, he starts protecting the puck, this kid could be good. That was last year. This year, he, I come, I talked to him. He goes, "Oh, the kid's protecting the puck. He's gonna be effing good." Like if he's on your roster, he's a six eight forward. He's not gonna be some you know non gritty guy. And then you look at a guy like Albert Johansson. He likes to play the body. Edmondson likes to play the body. Cider loves to play. The, Cider hits people just because he likes to hit people. 
And like you got you got physicality there. Like, you know, Hedman is a physical nature, Sergachev is physical. You know, they got physical people on, on Tampa Bay Lightning, but they have skill too, and that's where they get they get the most of it. And I can see the value of what you're saying there. What I'm gonna say with regards to Calgary is, you know, even though the defense in that game against Edmonton was abysmal because that's why he had so, many, so much scoring going on. But if you look at the last, I would say, five to eight minutes of the third period, you saw some absolutely beautiful defensive play by Calgary. Um, I mean, it hardly got anywhere near the paint, not even close. Even though Edmonton was playing great offensive hockey, Calgary was playing defense so well in the last few minutes of that third period that it really its what protected their lead. And I would think what it kept their lead to what it was and allowed them to win that game uh, is that defensive play by Calgary at the end of the third period. So that's the kind of thing I'm talking about when I want to see the Red Wings develop like Calgary, certainly defensively, it's that kind of play that I want to see. It was just, it was beautiful. It was textbook and um, even some of the, the sportscasters were making comment about it as well. So that's where I'd like to see Detroit go. We'll see what happens. They're going to have to get through a lot of tough competition in this in this division. Not only are they going to have you know these teams that are performing amazingly well, both Florida teams, Toronto, Boston, like you said, with Buffalo, they're going to have an opportunity to to make some strides with their picks coming out like this season. I like the Bay model better because they are physical, they are calculated, and you know what the best thing about Tampa Bay is they're smart. They play defensive hockey. And if you bring a guy like Derek Lalonde over, I know you we were talking about coaches in 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 the uh, pre-show too, right. but we weren't going to saturate with pre, uh, coaches because we don't really know what the FCBY is going to do. But if if Derek Lalonde, the Tampa Bay had uh, Tampa Bay assistant coach, comes, he has experience because he played. He was a coach in the Rubens organization with the Toledo Walleye. You know, what's better than a freaking Toledo wall? I, that I looks, know you love that, that team. Looks, Don't you have, like, season tickets down there? No, I know someone who does, and it's freaking awesome. That logo is pretty sick. But you got like, a thing with the fish logos. That's the other thing. You got to get away I from do, those fish I logos. I do love the fish logos. Like, the Gwinnett Striper is awesome. It's freaking sweet. The Florida Marlins, that's a garbage logo. I, I, I think, Listen, I, I have to tell you, though, like, you look at this team, and you go, like, how do they get better? How do they get better? It starts with defense. Like that's what that's what's gonna come down to. They need to they need to get more defensive focused. Like the way Tampa Bay plays, the way that they block shots. If you start blocking shots like Tampa Bay does, you're gonna win you some games. That, that's that's what championship teams do. And if you look at the 2002 Rebings, the 2008 Rebings, the 2000, I mean the 1997, 98 Rebings. There was one thing that they did different. You go back and you look, they had a ton of block shots. They blocked shots like it was no other business, and that's the reason they won the Stanley Cup because in the playoffs, you're going to have to block some shots because you cannot allow your goalie to get 40 freaking shots. Shots on on, him. That's why they they keep Vasilevsky fresh. And then when they need Vasilevsky to come out there, he's he's like, screw it, dude. I've only got shot on 21 times. I could make four more saves. And that's what he does. And that's why Vasilevsky has easy time because he doesn't really have to get shots on his, you know, he's not getting peppered with shots like Nadalkovich. I mean, Nadalkovich won, had, one, had, had one period where he had 29 shots on him. Like, how in the well, hell? Well, that's how that first period was with Edmonton and Calgary. I mean, Calgary, I think, had 34, 35 you shots don't, in the you first don't win period. Like that. 
I mean, that's why they that's why the numbers were what they were for them after the first yeah, period. Yeah, Edmonton came off the bus like they were like all buzzed up on Bud Light or something. I don't know. <laughs> it was it was absolutely in, just insane. Well, I think that the Red Wings would do well, and we're not going to talk about coaching too much, but I think Mike Bellucci, um, Darren mentioned him the other day on the show. Mike is a friend, and uh, his, his brother Perry, great, great friends, great guys. Mike Bellucci might be, a, might be the ticket for the Red Wings coming up. He, he uh, is all on board with a physical amount of play. Uh, he's got tremendous experience uh, in multiple leagues. Uh, assistant coach for the Penguins um, did well there. He's a defensive Co- uh, hockey kind of a guy. His approach is is defensive. I think that fits in with what you're asking for. Um, Mike Bellucci has to be somebody they take a serious look at, and he might be the guy to get him to the next level, if not want, all the way. I don't want a coach that gets him to the next level. I, I know. I want don't. the next coach like John Cooper. That's what I want. I want John Cooper light or John Cooper premium. Let's go. Like I think Derek Lande could be. And you guys got he's bald, but you know what? <laughs> you have a fascination with bald men also no i don't but i know that if you look at the good hockey coaches in nhl besides go on we can all be bald if we want to be joe right. we just if shave people, it off yeah yeah people want to be bald they can be i bald. will never do that by the but, way you know like like i don't know it's it, 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 like john cooper would you like me better john, if i were bald john cooper has good hair though yeah you gotta have good hair really because I, I i don't know if look Barry Trotz is bald too. So listen, my favorite, my favorite two candidates <laughs> are bald. So I'm, I know. I'm team bald guy. This I'm this team flow. You're team bald. I'm team flow. Okay, I'll take Barry Trotz and Derek. Wyman. Mike Bellucci's got great hair. I don't care about hair. <laughs> this is the Detroit Red Wings talk on Between the Whistles Detroit. We are your hometown Subscribe team. Subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple, or wherever the hell you get your podcast, and we will talk. Lions in the next segment.